Welcome to the EntreEd Talk podcast. We are your hosts, Toy Hirschman and Laura McCall. Join us as we dive into incredible stories from inspiring entrepreneurs around the world. Whether you are an educator looking for ideas to engage students, a new learner, or someone who wants to be inspired, our guests' journeys and their ideas will give you resources to create value and take your own leap into entrepreneurship. We are so looking forward to sharing our message with you. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the EntreEd Talk podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Hi, and welcome to EntreEd Talk podcast. I'm Laura, and I'm so happy to be chatting with Dwayne Wilson of San Francisco Achievers. Dwayne calls San Francisco and Chicago land area home, and after starting his first business while in high school, he realized he found great joy in advising youth on starting their own enterprises and in empowering them to believe that they can achieve anything. During his college years, despite being busy as a founder of another startup company and internships in Europe and at Disney, he was fortunate to create his own degree in social entrepreneurship while receiving a certificate in nonprofit management and a certificate of entrepreneurial management from the University of Iowa. Upon returning to the Chicago area, he also earned a certificate in value center leadership from DePaul University. From these experiences, Dwayne authored a children's book entitled Jackie and the Dream Stock, and we'll get into that a little bit later today, which is used around the world as an inspirational step-by-step guide on starting business for readers ages 9 to 14 years old. His other writings include articles and academic resources. As a 2016 Chicago Defender Man of Excellence honoree, in 2017, Distinguished Alumni Hall of Fame inductee from Willowbrook High School, service um, is ingrained in him and in his entire life. Recognized in Forbes Magazine as a Gratitude Network Fellow Changemaker for Children, this is prevalent in his various roles as Executive Director of the San Francisco Achievers, past adjunct faculty for entrepreneurship and management at Columbia College Chicago, Manager of Business Accelerator for Good City, past executive director of the East Corner Youth Center, area academic and community development board post, his church, his family, fraternity, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. With these capacities, he's taking on a range of volunteer roles, consulting, seminars, and public speaking engagements. His hobbies include travel, cooking, spending with family and friends, and doing voiceover work for TV and radio, and I want to find out about that too. Welcome, Dwayne. So happy to have you here. Oh, happy to be here. Um, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by that bio. I, I usually am. I'm always excited to talk to people all over the country, and, and when we find these really cool people like you. You came through another friend, Jari Bolander, that we've had on our podcast, and then I read about you. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy good. Your career path has taken you so many twists and turns, and yet I'm impressed that your passion for youth has remained true. So will you tell me a little bit about that career journey and your, um, how you waded into entrepreneurship? Yeah, I, and, and it kind of fuses in both theories. I, I remember being in kindergarten where if I can start off with a small Lunchable and by the end of lunch period, I would have traded you know, so many crackers for a piece of candy, <laughs> so many pieces of candy for a large applesauce. And before you know it, I would end up with, you know, five Reese's Pieces cups and, you know, half a sandwich and three chocolate milks, which was the gold standard of currency, you know, in kindergarten. You got the better you chocolate deal. Milk, That's for sure. You can always do it. And so, uh, you know, that was just such an amazing feeling where no matter what I ended up with, I just loved the journey. 
And I did that from kindergarten pretty much all the way through high school using different things. So by the time I got to middle school, it was, uh, you know, working with graphic design. Then when I got to high school, I'm like, well, if I'm pretty good at graphic design or drawing or trading different uh, artwork, you know, I might as well start a business out of it. And that's what led me to doing different designs for organizations, not just around uh, Illinois, since I'm from Illinois, uh, but also doing it for, you know, bringing my friends along. It's like, hey, you guys want to make a little extra money? Uh, show me some of your uh, designs. I can connect you to the right people. And that's what led to help buy, you know, my first, you know, big computer that was powerful enough to actually run some software and help me get my, my first car. Uh, so that was, so for me, just over the years, it's connecting using my friends because I was a kid at the time. But as I got older, it's like, you know what? I love seeing the judge students learning a skill where it's like, oh, wow, I don't have to ask my parents for money anymore. If I do this, I can, I can <laughs> go, to, I, I can buy, my, here, right? yeah. <laughs> Like I could buy my own toys. I could buy my own video games if I learn how yeah. to do this. Yeah. So, you know, that's funny. I, I have two kids. I might mention that when you and I chatted earlier. And that's always the parents' goal. When my son, and he'll be mad, I told this little story, but when he was in about three, he said, you know, when I'm 18, I'm going to have cable. Like, that's great if you can afford it. And I'm going to have my own <laughs> apartment. That's exactly what we want for you. You know, and, and, and you're, you know, you're empowered as a person and you don't realize, oh, wow, maybe that's what mom and dad wanted all along. So what's your mom, what'd she say when you came home from kindergarten and you told her these little tidbits about lunch? Uh, oh my gosh. She, honestly, she got to a point of expecting it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, 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 I've always been an extremely driven person, uh, just since birth, uh, and even when they years ago when they had the movie Benjamin Button, she's always called me, like, okay, you, you're either born <laughs> old or you you've been here before in life in life uh -huh. before. Uh, I, I was always uh, always curious, but pretty sure of myself. Even if I tried something and it failed, and sometimes they failed. You know, it's interesting because you you mentioned the word fail, and I think we talked to you know most every entrepreneur will say they started with something, usually it's a lemonade stand or grass mowing. I've not heard the kindergarten trading, so I love that. <laughs> um, and, and then they, you know, I think that's the whole part of it. You, you fail and you bounce, right? So you, I'm very curious, your journeys have taken you, the experiences with youth all over the world. Um, you know, a lot of major US cities, we've already mentioned a couple. How do you, what do you think are the commonalities among youth in general from maybe what you saw through the years and where we're going today um, with youth? Yeah. Uh, some of the commonalities I see with youth, um, <clears throat> and I, and I kind of wrote this thesis back in college where it's called uh, the young, gifted, and business savvy. And what traits that it was talking about was that you may have students that may be in dire socioeconomic uh, situations that may lead them to uh, you know, different lives of crime, whether it's selling drugs, whether it's uh, pawning things that aren't theirs. And then on the flip side of that coin, you may have students that may have participated in uh, different gifted programs or access programs where, you know, they may do a workshop and then they get seed capital for a certain amount of money because, you know, the parents have you know, three or four generations of businesses. What's interesting is that those same students, whether it's a student that comes from, you know, quote unquote, the other side of the tracks and student that had access to things, their drive for they want something of their own uh, is relatively consistent. Their drive to prove to the world that 
they can, uh, you know, make their own money uh, is pretty consistent. Uh, their sense of curiosity of trying something new uh, is pretty consistent. And what I love about working with youth is that, uh, as I tell them jokingly, you haven't lived long enough for enough people to tell you no, but still keep that spirit all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I think you hit on a lot of what we call the tenets of entrepreneurship, the drive, the curiosity, don't take no's and answer. And, and those are important. Not everybody can be that entrepreneur. Yeah. So I'm also very impressed when I read your background, Dwayne, that you created your own degree in college. And of course, now we have that social entrepreneurship degree, but you know, thinking about it, what made you say where you were was not giving you what you wanted and you need to create it? Oh, I'm a difficult person. <laughs> no. Why <laughs> say uh, that? No, not, not difficult. Uh, I, I, I love when there's something that I, I see that can make an impact or an ideal, uh, I'm going to do everything in my power to work with others to help uh, see it to fruition. I did my undergrad at University of Iowa, and uh, actually one of the reasons why I picked Iowa is that they had a strong entrepreneurship program uh, where I was able to have a business on campus. Uh, we had a business lab. I was in the entrepreneurial learning community during my freshman year, uh, which was great. Uh, but at that time, there wasn't an entrepreneurship uh, degree. And so I have a heart for charity. I have a heart for nonprofit. And so for me, it's like, okay, if I do the create something that's pure entrepreneurship, well, then it's like an entrepreneurship degree. But because I have a passion for, you know, people, planet, and uh, other uh, types of uh, societal things that we can work on, I'm like, okay, but I don't want to just do nonprofit. And so social entrepreneurship was like right in the middle where, you know, how can you do well and do good at the same time? And so I looked yeah. at uh, different programs at Stanford, Harvard, Babson College, uh, Yale, uh, a variety of different colleges to kind of look at what were some of the equivalent classes that they had there. And that's what I was used to build uh, for my degree at University of Iowa, build that uh, both online as well as physical classes. That's a lot awesome. of classes too. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned several you know, universities that are well known and, and I like to use those universities too when we're doing our research and our content development. But I mean, to really to draw upon all of the best resources, that's phenomenal. And that shows how creative and innovative you can be if uh, you want to. And again, true uh, spirit of entrepreneurship. <laughs> you mentioned learning communities and that's quite popular now. Um, tell me about your experience and with the learning community. Did that really help you grow? Yeah, it, it, it really helped me grow uh, primarily because for almost 24 seven, uh, you're, you're living on a floor with other students that don't just say, oh, I've heard of entrepreneurship or, or I've heard of a particular uh, topic, but instead these are people who have fully embraced it. So it wasn't uncommon to be, uh, you know, 10 o'clock at night, you're eating pizza, but the person across from you on your floor is talking about their startup company. Then you walk wow. further down the hallway, uh, you know, to go check the mail and that person's already running their startup. And it's like, hey, uh, I do. And, it, and sometimes there's not these like these large, large, you know, conglomerates. It can be, hey, I love doing photography in high school and, you know, I'm thinking about learning how to do a photography business or, Hey, you know, everybody said I made the best cookies. Uh, here I'm learning a little bit more about culinary arts and how do I, you know, potentially get this idea to scale for me as someone who's driven and loves those types of conversations, I was like, Oh my gosh, why didn't I find this in high school? Why didn't they have access to this sooner? 
If I've been in my younger years, I might have said, oh my gosh, I'm behind the eight ball, you know, but yet you're saying you're walking around and those people, you're drawing on their creativity and, and it's building your own excitement and passions. We, we talk a lot with folks about how an interest, which is probably what you have when you join the learning community, becomes a passion. Is that your experience that the more you're in it, the more you, you breathed it? Yeah, it, it, it's almost like a uh, exponential growth of energy where it's like their ideas bouncing off, you're bouncing their off of them. And what's great is that they can challenge you. I, I, I think if you're an entrepreneur and you stay isolated, you don't question, you don't allow people to question, how are you ever going to get better? How are you ever going to become more efficient? How are you going to build uh, you know, networks and partnership, not necessarily competition? And that's one of the things that I loved about uh, – bouncing some of my ideas off, not just my peers, but also uh, the professors uh, and even students from other uh, schools, because this was still in a very, very early stages of uh, social media <laughs> at the time. So uh, Facebook wasn't even called Facebook yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to go. I age myself beyond you, so I'm not even going to go there with that <laughs> But again, you know, impressive that you're able to do it with your professors uh, open to it or did they give you any kickback on it? Oh, they, they loved it. Uh, uh, one of the great things I was able to do in my undergrad was, uh, you know, I went through so many different programs that I participated in a week-long uh, immersion program uh, at this place called Lake Okaboji in Iowa, where they wow. brought together the top 32 uh, entrepreneurial students from uh, a few different universities where we stayed at uh, pretty successful entrepreneurs homes for a week but then during the daytime uh, we came together in different teams and uh, built businesses uh, they were similar businesses because we did a virtual business model but it was a great way to kind of bounce ideas off not just people on our campus but now we're doing this across a much larger uh, network uh -huh. and i was proud to say our my, my team we won the competition for both market share and stock price. Did somebody actually start the business you guys won with? Uh, it was like a, it was a business, it was a computer business simulation. So we all had the same uh, business and we had to make certain decisions uh, using a virtual simulator. But then we also yeah. had to pitch to uh, uh, live. Uh, and I mean, this was like all virtual, but we also had some physical um, entrepreneurs in the room that we actually had to get uh, investments from. And they put the whatever numbers that the physical investors gave us, they put that in the virtual uh, simulator. So it was a great uh, marriage between the two systems so that way we get experience in it. But also, I think the investors also had a lot of fun, too, uh, of just interacting with students and saying, yeah. hey, I was going to give them more money if they asked for it. But, you know, next time <laughs> on your pitch, you know, this is what you can do differently. So I, I would love to see something like that repeated across the country because it makes uh, You know, it's, it's fascinating. You mentioned... Um, we talk about virtual camps and virtual you know, business pitches and, and all kinds of things are happening. But, you know, the element of staying in someone's home who is a successful business yeah. person, phenomenal. Um, and, and that would make it a whole other intimidating, I think, and yet fun element. Yeah. You know, it, it was amazing, especially uh, we wake up first thing in the morning and, you know, before class, you're going jet skiing. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, nice. so so that, that kind of helped that most of their homes were right on the lake when they had uh -huh. their own marina. So it's like, so this was almost like MTV Cribs, but this yeah. was real. <laughs> it's like, awesome. oh, okay, so I'm staying in the guest house. The guest house is bigger than yeah. my house. <laughs> That's awesome. 
you know, and we talk a lot about um, building a community. That was that's a wonderful way to show young people. In this case, it was college. How do you reach out and and form your you know your community and get to know the resources and you know what what an opportunity. So I want to bounce to something totally different. I, I gave the teaser on the with your bio, or you gave the teaser with your bio that you wrote a book, and I, I've I've read it. My colleague Toya's read it, and it's a lot of fun. You really approach the topic, Jackie and the Dreamstalks, creatively. Tell me what was in your head with that one, and did any of that was any of that your own experience? I was kind of curious as I was reading it. Uh, there's different elements of of, uh, of that was my experience, okay. and what what led me to write it was as I kept traveling in different places and uh, working with youth or teaching entrepreneurship, uh, for me, it's like, okay, you know, it's the whole concept of, can you still make money while you sleep? Uh, and so if I'm doing a public yeah. speaking engagement, great. But if I can't make it somewhere, uh, you know, what if a, a, a group or a school or a church or an organization buys a series of the books? Great. Uh, hopefully some of that knowledge will, or, Will be, will be able to be imparted to the student and that might inspire them uh, to start their own business or at least look at some of the basic skills of, hey, I need to get an A on my next test. That book does, it, it'll teach you the basics of even just setting up simple goals and passing it. So for me, that was the well, it does the because you gave the example of the little girl, you know, uh, her mom praised her for, she got a good grade, her mom praised her for, it yep. was not, you did the work, honey, you, you know, and I think I remember that as a parent, you know, when we say kind of have the high five to, to our kids, we're supposed to say, and are you proud of yourself, you know, which is what you, because you're supposed to own, right, own that, that hard work, and um, I love that you took the alphabet and you broke it down with all those interactive words on entrepreneurship or what, you know, kind of formed around it, what, tell me, you know, what'd you do with that or how'd you come up with that one? Uh, just from having to give so many different definitions to students <laughs> over and over again, I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to write a glossary instead of cutting and pasting it. It's like, okay, let me make it applicable. Let me make it accessible and uh, make it relatable uh, to, mm -hmm. to students, no matter what their situation is uh, and make it timeless. Uh, so that's one of the things as you read through the book, I'd always tell people, you know, what year do you think this took place? And Nobody gives the same two years. Uh huh. No, it is timeless. I think like the the, uh, the original story, Jack and the Beanstalk. Um, it, it is timeless, and I, I you took a very is a fun play on it. And I think we're gonna let readers or listeners know a little bit how they can get a hold of the book, right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Tell me. So you you've moved across the country not too long ago from Chicago to San Francisco um, to come with San Francisco Achievers. And I would Great. love for our folks to hear more about your mission, your goals, and what you guys are doing. Yeah, uh, just kind of going along with, uh, you know, passion for working with youth. Uh, uh, at the time when I was in Chicago, it's like, okay, it keeps getting cold. I kind of would like a break from a little bit of snow. Uh, found this wonderful opportunity uh, to work with uh, African-American young men, and particularly uh, at San Francisco Achievers, we focus on uh, African-American young men that are in the public high school here in San Francisco. Uh, and our goal is to help them lead and thrive, uh, not just get to college, but through college. And hopefully they'll be a successful uh, alumni after that. And so we have uh, staff at a number of different high schools uh, helping to work with students on uh, identity formation, career development, financial literacy, health and wellness, uh, culture, uh, 
uh, information. And what's great is that all of our services are completely free. Uh, we yeah. take them on we take them on field trips. Uh, we connect them with uh, different resources, and for the students that receive our scholarship, uh, it's a four year a college scholarship, by the way, and we connect them to a mentor. So that way, it's not just staff that's kind of giving information to them all four years. They're also able to connect with uh, not just their mentor, but also a variety of different professionals uh, to help build their interest and build their career. And so that's been something that has been a personal passion of mine, just because I've had mentors, uh, you know, from high school through college. And so for me, this is a way of returning that and hopefully be able to scale it. I completely agree. I think mentors are huge, no matter what age you are. I still have Absolutely. mentors, you know, and um, at this point, a lot of my mentors are younger than me. Um, but no, mentors are, are huge because they have experiences that, you know, you may be able to gain at some point in your career, may not, and the, and the wisdom that they bring. What, um, I'm curious, how do you get into the school system? You had told me earlier, you guys are currently in five of the, is it 18 San Francisco high schools, correct? Right. What's your approach? How do you get in with the leadership there? Uh, the, the approach is that, uh, one, I, I try to start at the head. So I try to start with uh, the superintendent and find out uh, where we needed most uh, and start with there. So using attendance of entrepreneurship, you know, identify yeah, the source, where's the point of pain, and how do we help uh, uh, solve that? Oh, so, yeah. Yep. Okay. And, and so we tried to uh, connect with some of the schools that may have very little, if any, uh, program for African-American young men. Uh, and the reason why that's a focus is that uh, they make up a very, very small percentage of the overall school system. Uh, African-Americans for San Francisco uh, are, are less than 4% of the city population. And so at oh, many of the schools, uh, students may feel isolated. Uh, if they, you're, you know, they're the only student in their demographic in a class where there's very few, uh, and so as an organization, since we specialize uh, working with this population, uh, we'll actually do a lunch group where it's like, hey, come on in, we'll bring food. And let's be honest, how many teenagers are going to uh, turn down free food, whether it's, you know, a nice burger, a pizza, subs. Particularly young men. You mentioned your Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But by having them come together uh, in not just one particular grade, but all four grades, uh, it's an opportunity for them to share knowledge across uh great spectrum. It allows us to teach them, you know, here's how you effectively study. Uh, let's teach you leadership skills. Let's teach you, uh, you know, how to actually not just use a computer, but do you have access to a computer and how can we help you get access to a computer too? Mm -hmm. uh, so this is something that uh, we've been doing for about 12 years. Wow. And, you know, I would think because you're serving all grades in high school, you're, you know, instilling some mentorship right there. I mean, you guys as a staff persons are coming in, but then the the ninth graders got the you know upperclassmen to look up to and on and on. Yep. That, yeah, kind of well, maybe an underlying goal, I would think. Where do you guys, um, what sort of stuff coming up for you in the next couple of years um, in terms of missions for you guys? Yeah, uh, we're still going to be stay, uh, focusing on the same demographic, but one of the things that we're looking at, especially uh, in response to the pandemic is, you know, how do we start to build up some of our virtual ways of engagement, whether it's uh, still staying interacting, uh, you know, a couple times a day with our, our high school students. Uh, you know, could we potentially look at uh, exploring what an app can look like? So that way, if we have students, no matter where they're in our school district, uh, they'll find some value. But eventually, over time, uh, perhaps other school districts 
uh, would find our app of value as well. And that can be a good segue into expanding into other markets. Uh, since we've had a number of different districts say, hey, can you guys come out here and uh, do a couple of workshops for us? It's like, you guys are about 200 miles away. Uh, we, we can we can do a virtual uh, uh, workshop, but uh, as uh, activity and interest uh, continues to build, uh, I'd love to see us uh, scale across the country just because um, there, there can never be a shortage of resources, especially for the starting demographic. And like any good program, it's repl replicable, right? I mean, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna bounce to something different that I um, didn't tell you I was gonna ask you, but I wanna know about this TV and radio voiceover work <laughs> you do. <laughs> How'd you get into that? I, I ironically, uh, when I was in high school, I, I was asked often to do different speeches, to do different introductions. And I'm like, okay, this is great. This is fun. Uh, but it wasn't until uh, my sophomore year of college. And that was an, that was an interesting time period because that's actually when I did my Disney internship. And mm -hmm. so uh, I worked uh, as a, as a uh, intern cast member down in Orlando, Florida. And so uh, many of my friends kept having me do different character voices oh, or awesome. having me do different uh, announcements because uh, my, my day job there was uh, I, I worked on one of the touring uh, attractions. And so they're like, all right, Dwayne, we'll give you uh, this tour. Can you do this every 30 minutes? It's like, okay, I can do it. And uh, over time, uh, you know, doing magical moments with uh, kids, I would do Mufasa's voice from Lion King. I would do Stitch's voice. I would do Kermit the Frog's voice. Uh, and what, once I came back to campus, they're like, Hey, do you want to record a couple of stuff? I'm like, I can't. It's like, Oh yeah, yeah. Where, where should we send the check? It's like, wait, what? You want to send the check? <laughs> do tell more. <laughs> it, it just became a passion right there. Right. Yep. <laughs> okay. I'm going to ask you, give me a voice. Can I have a voice? Any voice you choose. I, I can do uh Mufasa's voice. Uh, Cause it kind of lines up with uh, entrepreneurship. Everything that the light touches is our kingdom. <laughs> 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 Very nice. And Lion King is a timeless piece as well, right? Yep. Yeah. No, no one can ever guess what year uh, uh, everything takes place on Pride Rock because it's a timeless piece. And um, that's one of the biggest lessons I learned at Disney is that uh, a lot of their work, uh, they want to make sure it's timeless. So that way it still has value. It still has meaning generation after generation. That's probably why we can look back fondly at a lot of uh, the work they've been able to produce. Oh, yeah. So how do I take that into entrepreneurship and in life? Right, right. And tell me, um, so you have been with several nonprofits. You've started your own businesses, businesses, plural. Um, what can you tell others about this journey, this road that you've taken, uh, the pitfalls, the excitement, the, you know? Yeah, I, I would definitely say um, it's better to plan your work. <laughs> then work your plan, because if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Uh, and, and it doesn't this book, right? I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And, and the reason why I, I'm really big in that is that uh, when people are thinking about, okay, I gotta write a plan, I'm not saying it has to be the perfect plan and that it can't be a living document, but at least have somewhat of a roadmap. Trust me, it's gonna shift and change because the world shifts and changes, life uh, changes. But if at least you can see a path to what you want to get to, at least it's it's something that will help inspire you to, uh, uh, to get to the end. It gives you access to the resources that can get you to the end. But it also gives you confidence that it, on those dark days where you're wondering, why in the world am I doing this? Why am I starting something? Why am I putting time, energy, money into this? 
you have that plan there that says, hey, you spent some time to put this together because you believe in it. Mm-hmm. Keep believing in it because there's a reason why you spent the time and talk to others about it as well. So it's, 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 a, it's a roller coaster, but it's one I wouldn't change any other way. Nice. Tell me, uh, tell me one of your greatest joys in, in starting businesses. Any particular examples? Yeah, probably one of my greatest joys, and uh, I'll probably jump back to the, to the book one, uh, is having students uh, as young as like five years old uh, run up, because I since my book has pictures in it, but I'm like, hi, you wrote this? Wow, maybe I can write one, because I don't like to write, and that's when, and that's when I shared the little story with the uh, uh, kid who's just learning how to write. It's like, hey, I actually didn't like writing at all growing up, but you know, little bit by little bit, you learn sometimes things that you don't like to do are really hidden gifts. And usually that lets the kid uh, smile. So if they say, well, I don't like broccoli, but well, your taste buds may change. So sometimes the things you may not like may become a gift. So maybe if you don't like broccoli, maybe you might become a chef. So it's always finding the, the joy of uh, watching students either receive the book or just ask questions. Cause I'm like, Hey, I wish I was able to do that uh, when I was their age. And then just actually having access to the book and even just asking questions, not just with me, but even with each other, it, mm-hmm. it's pure magic to me. You're right. You know, I love that you gave that example because I'm a huge believer in asking questions. There's so many wonderful things to know that we may never know if we don't ask the question. And I always think questions lead to opportunities. Absolutely. And a, did those mothers pay you to talk about broccoli? I don't know. No, no, no one has, has paid me to pray to uh, broccoli. Although I, I do love to make a good broccoli casserole, but I throw some jalapeno pieces in there just to spice yeah. it up a little bit. So uh, that, that's another thing that kind of leads me to um, inspiration is cooking. So What's half my example. What do you like cooking? Oh, I love to make different types of burgers because uh, I'll actually mix in different things. So whether it's a, you know, a turkey burger, whether it's a vegetarian burger, uh, I'm all about mixing different spices and making different sauces. Uh, okay. So I'm coming to your backyard this summer. Okay. <laughs> 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 Tell me um, in your work with San Francisco Achievers and the other work you've done with youth, what advice could you give teachers to help them encourage their students to, to be their best, to be, you know, as questioners, as critical thinkers? Yeah, uh, it's something very, very simple. It can even just be uh, calling the student by their name. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because if a student uh, has parents that may, or guardians that are busy or they have other siblings, uh, there's been a lot of uh, th- research we've done when I was back in Chicago. If we didn't actually say the student's name that day or say, how are you doing, Alex, today? How are you doing, Jenny? their parents may not have ever called them their name during that day or their teachers may not have ever called their name during the day. It can be like, Hey, you, or all right, table number five. So uh, over time, the students start seeing themselves as a number, but if you can kind of inject that level of humanness uh, by even just simply using their name, it's like, Oh, now they're leaning in into the conversation and that's what gets them interested. That's what uh, potentially inspire them. It's like, Oh, I like actually hearing my name. What are other venues can I potentially hear my name in? Can I hear it in, uh, you know, starting my own business? Can I hear it in, hey, I got a great grade that I didn't think I would get. Hey, I got it for uh, a sport. Uh, So those are things that are very, very powerful because they help 
uh, a student affirm their identity and affirm their value. That's really beautiful. I love that. And, and most of us do like our, our names and, um, and we like to claim them. And so you're right, hearing our name gives you an automatic personal connection to the person who said it. That's really beautiful. Thank you. So tell me, we're, we're getting toward the end of our little, what we call driving uh, time podcast. We try to get it into <laughs> commute time, but I really would love for you to tell folks, can we get the book? Um, how would we get access to your book, first of all? Yeah, uh, for uh, uh, anyone that wants to purchase a, a hard uh, a cover, soft cover, uh, I think right now I just have the soft cover and the Kindle versions that are available on amazon.com. Yeah. So uh, it's just... Uh, uh, Jackie and the Dream Stock, and it'll pop right up. It's a green book. Uh, uh, I'm sure you'll be also be able to have access to the link there. But also for your listeners, uh, you know, I'm happy to share a, a, a version of the ebook uh, with everybody, just because I, I think it's something that has value. Uh, we're in the time period where we're seeing humanity rise to the occasion, and you know, in some small way, if this is a way that uh, you know I can provide that version for free, and it may inspire a young person or adults, because I've had this uh, taught out of corporate America, uh, you know, I'm happy to do that because I hope that, uh, you know, rising tide raises all boats. And in, in the world today, this is what we need now more than ever. Thank you. You're right. I appreciate that. And it's a beautiful book. And I, you know, I, I, as I read it, I thought it's a great read at night with your kids or just, or lessons from a teacher standpoint. Uh, the art is beautiful. I think you did both the art and the writing. Yep. Yeah, it's it's really such a fun, approachable book, and I, I encourage people to look it up. So, um, Dwayne, tell us how to get in touch with you. If our listeners want to reach back out, hear more, chat with you. Yeah, uh, probably one of the easiest things to have a pretty active public uh, profile, as uh, especially on my LinkedIn page. Uh, I, Very I've good at that, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I do use that uh, a lot for a variety of different ventures. And so uh, it's just uh, Dwayne Wilson, and then you can uh, narrow it down either by San Francisco, Chicago, uh, or perhaps we can provide a, a link as well. Uh, but uh, I'm very active on there and would love to answer questions and, you know, see what other types of engagements or how I can assist. Great, thank you. And I went online and with your website, San Francisco Achievers, I'm now on your newsletter. So I'll be able to keep up with what you guys are doing. Want to hear about the fall courses. We didn't get into that conversation, but virtually, not, you know, in person, we don't know what's going to happen. We're, we're, right? we're still in the waiting boat, but uh, as so, entrepreneurs, we've, we're working out yeah. the different scenarios to get it out there. Yeah, yeah, perfect. So I want to be keeping up with that as well. Thank you. Always really a pleasure to talk to someone from another part of the, of the country and doing some phenomenal things. I really appreciate your time, Dwayne. Thank you. No, th thank you. Uh, this is a great opportunity. And uh, anyway, I can continue to help or, or connect uh, entrepreneurship. I do think it's a way of life that can help, you know, in a variety of elements of life. And this is a great way of sharing it. So thank you. And uh, I look forward to, uh, you know, hearing the other podcasts uh, as well.